What's going on, everybody? We got the Lunch Crew episode four with uh, me, Chris Gilmore, Leighton Sheldon here. How's it going, Leighton? Going great, Chris. How are you today? Great, great. Leighton, I had something happen. Uh, well, actually, I was out uh, buying some product for our breaks, and uh, I, I happened to, to, to oversee a process and, you know, maybe assisted a little bit with a friend of mine at a local card shop and he was assessing and uh buying a rather nice vintage collection i know this is your favorite thing in the world to do trying to make me jealous well it wasn't like gouty it was top sarah i don't discriminate man vintage is vintage <laughs> i hear you i hear you but i got to see a little bit of his 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 assessment and uh you i kind of mean his process his process of 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 how he assesses and purchases cards cards from walk-ins, and you know walk-ins appointments, kind of similar similar processes. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about what your process is like. How do you get the best look when you aren't using an optimal setup? Because you know you do a lot of like on the road stuff where maybe you don't have the best lighting or the best tools. I wanted to uh, kind of get your take on 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 how you navigate that. Sure. So in general, I go prepared. So if I'm driving, it's a little bit easier than flying, but I'll explain and share with you the following tools I bring with me when I'm assessing what could be a five figure plus vintage card collection. So I'll make sure I bring a loop. The loop I bring is 10X magnification. Uh, the reason why I bring that um, is just because if you want to try to see like a particular corner in detail, uh, or something really close up, of course, it helps to magnify it. I caution folks who think that they should get, for example, like a 20X magnifier or a 25X you know, loop. And the reason why you don't want that is because you're going to end up seeing flaws that the card companies actually will not be using the same magnification. So it'll be very, very difficult for you to figure out what your card's going to grade if you're looking at it under a different lens than the, card, than the grading companies are looking. That's something that, that that I've always held to as well with the magnification. You don't want to disqualify a card that a grading company, you know, I mean, you, you don't want to cheat yourself out of grade. You want to submit it anyway, right? Yeah, listen, something like that. So that's the first tool. Uh, the second tool, and, you know, I remember the first few times I did this walking to someone's home, they're like, you know, we have a light. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but you you have a light from above. You know, and, and I'm looking, I'm trying to recreate, if you will, Chris, right, my desk in my office. And it's not the easiest, easiest thing to do, as you just mentioned, on the road. So I will bring a halogen lamp. You can usually purchase this from Staples for 30 40 or $50. Bucks. Um, I actually left it at the last deal I was at. I forgot when I was packing up because I ran out of room in the car. We actually had our very own Rocco from the VB community pick up the rest. But the gentleman had a light in a different area. And, you know, thankfully, it's affordable to leave behind if you have to, but it has absolutely uh, saved me and our company, uh, you know, a lot of money and heartache because that halogen lamp really does recreate that grading environment when I'm trying to assess a card or cards as to what I think they might grade with PSA, SGC, or, you know, whatever grading company you have of your, your choice. Correct. That's, that's uh, like, I know with modern, like, uh, it kind of changes a little bit. Because I I really don't use magnification on most modern because they're not using it. There's no way they're using magnification on on these bulk modern cards. 
<laughs> no, I agree. But one of the things I did want to address, which was interesting, that kind of started your whole question, you know, uh, for the, the topic of what I bring with me on the road mm -hmm. for episode four, I can't believe it, of the lunch crew. So, Chris, I'll bring a screwdriver with various different sizes and, you know, <laughs> yeah. flat and Phillips. And once again, people are like, oh, you know, I have one in the shed. And I'm like, sir, I flew from or drove, you know, six hours away. I don't want to lose 20 minutes fumbling for a screwdriver. I never say it like this. I'm just like, yeah. oh, I come prepared. They're like, you know, are you a Boy Scout? I'm like, well, you know, I was for a year <laughs> or two when I was much younger. But the point being is I've done this before. It's on my first rodeo. So the screwdriver really helps. And Chris, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is even still today, there are people who are bringing in cards, you know, to our offices here, our store in Milburn, New Jersey, where they send them in through the mail. And they will be in screw cases that have been in there since the 80s. And you're like, uh, this is not a good idea. And it's a crapshoot as to are you going to see the wrinkles, the creases, are the cards going to stick to the actual screwed down holder itself? So, I mean, there's a myriad of issues that happen, um, you know, with the cards being in, uh, being stored in screw down, screw, screw down holders uh, for prolonged periods of time. What do you do if a customer won't let you remove it out of the screw down? Uh, it's pretty simple. So if it's a really expensive card, I'll just pass, uh, take it out of the group, uh, tell them they should get a grade of themselves and let me know when they get it back from grade. Great, great. Yeah, like uh, like that was kind of the situation I was looking at. Like the guy said, you know, I really don't want him out of the screw down. And he he, he took a risk and it bit him on a couple. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Listen, you know, I just think that there's no reason to be a hero. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'll close with this, and this has nothing to do with a tool, but it has to do with your noggin. <laughs> it's very easy to get caught up looking at cards, especially vintage, right? Like, you know, you're seeing maybe a shoebox collection that's been stored away for a long time. And you might even be looking at the fronts of it, and you're like, oh, my God, you know, you, you can't even think straight at this point, right? I've seen this happen on our very own staff, and I've seen this happen with, you know, some of my constituents, if you will, some of my peers, People get so excited by the front of the card. Every card has two sides. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to turn it over. It could be stamped, could have paper loss, could have a myriad of surface issues that you do not see from the front. You got to make sure you turn it over. Yeah, and the way these are printed, the front can be dead centered and the back can be like miscut. The back can be half on the back. <laughs> All right. You know, um, it was on the same trip. When I, I, I noticed another thing, um, I was there to buy 2023 Prism Draft Basketball. 2023 Prism ba Draft Basketball is really good this year because of the Wimbayama chase, the Wimbayama factor. And uh, it's it's different now because you can you can hit a $5,000 car from Prism Draft where you've never been able to do that in Prism Draft Basketball before. Um. It's caused kind of a secondary market run on Prism Draft, which we we all we did not see this even at the height of Zion Mania. This is different. But having said that, the boxes came out on the wholesale market. I kind of pull back the cloth a little bit and, and talk about like actual dollars in the wholesale market. Came out like 185 through distributors. Uh now, even though none of the prices of individual cards are beyond that one are beyond their starting point. You know, some of them have went down some, but the Wimbayamas 
are, are where they are at release. There's been no change in that Wimbayama. But yet the demand on boxes has pushed the, the boxes up a good 30%. It, it's kind of what you see happen when the product cycles get a little dry and the breakers, it, it, like it's us, it's us, it's the breakers doing this. When we go scramble for product to fill, to, to put in our break so that we have a show to run, we can push up the price of wax without the price of the cards going up. And I would say to the consumer, kind of keep an eye on that and go, wait a minute. This price is up thirty percent, but yet the singles are stale. Singles are stale. I'm I'm, I'm going to zig where everybody else is at. Everybody else zags, and I'm going to buy something else. That's kind of where I would go as a consumer. What what do you what do you think about that? Well, listen, Chris, you make a great point, and I understand because I've seen it. Right, you know, as one of the owners of Vintage Breaks over the last several years, I've seen this phenomenon. But I would argue that something else actually happened with draft. Okay. So my take is this draft came out, even though we knew Wemby was going to be in it. And even though we knew Wemby was going to have some cool inserts. If you had said, Chris, cause we didn't talk about this before the product came out, it would have been fun to do offline or even on camera. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do we think a color blast is going to sell for? What do we think a gold prism is going to sell for? I have a feeling that at least for me, cause I tend to be conservative, especially with modern, my estimates would have come in low. So I think what happened was everyone knew Wemby was going to be in it, Chris. So that wasn't a secret. Yeah. And everyone also knows it's pre-NBA. So like meaning if you don't want it not in an NBA uniform, don't buy it. So there's no secret there. I think the secret was people are, as you just said, Chris, this is going to exceed the Zion craze. Mm-hmm. And remember LeBron, as much as he was touted in 03, that was the first year of exquisite basketball. So there was not a lot of acceptance to be happening yet. That happened later on. Even though it was a desired card, the price, uh, the maturity of that price and the value um, increasing on the LeBron didn't happen until later on. So, Chris, I would argue that with the draft, myself included, I am not estimating, at least right now, the demand for Wemby. And so what I think happened was that the price of the product was reasonable when it came out and was going to be consumed at that price. Um, however, when people saw what Wemby's were going for, because remember, Chris, Panini doesn't put any guidance what the secondary market should be for the golds, for the color blast, for the rarities that are coming out of these boxes. I think it was simply supply and demand. People saw what was possible, the chase, and they're like, wait a minute, a Wemby's going to be 5000 or 7000 I thought it was going to be 2000 I'm going to buy myself a box. Well, Chris, if every average or somewhat passive basketball collector was like, you know, I'll rip a box and draft. It's affordable. It's $200, you know, just south of that. I think that's what happened. That's my take. Yeah. Like, like I I definitely think that's a major chunk of it. Like um, the the sticker shock. Wait a minute. And and the thing that got me is not even like the $5,000 card. It's the fact that a Prism Silver, a Wimbayama, Came out the gate at $200 for a draft Prism Silver. You know what a Zion came out at the height of Zion Mania? Because I tracked this. It was $85. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, that's a few years ago now. So inflation, craziness. (laughs) And as you said, Chris, and maybe we'll end on this point, uh, this part of the discussion for today's show, 
is keep in mind where the particular product that you're consuming is coming out in the cycle of new products. Because you're right, Chris, great point. If there's 11 other products and then it stands out, well, then you know it's a keeper. But if it's a light cycle of products, that's something to be aware of um, because sometimes that demand has nowhere else to go. So mm-hmm. it goes in on a product, which maybe doesn't deserve it. But once again, the price point's there, the chase is there, so on and so forth. Yeah, that, I do think that's where we where we are right now. Uh, just not a, not a whole lot out, not a whole lot going on, especially in basketball. It's it's the only release. Well, like, basketball especially, yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. we're still ways off from hoops and anything with a pro uniform. Well, great. Well, great. Um, so, Leighton, as we do here on the Lunch Crew, you know, as we do both do professionally, um, we like to sell cards, don't we? We do. <laughs> I'd rather buy them, though. I'd rather buy them. Yeah, buying them is definitely more fun. Uh, but let's see what we've got here. Let's so, see. for those that are just joining us on the Lunch Crew episode four for the first time, as Chris is getting everything ready, we're going to offer several cards for sale every week. We're going to talk about why we chose them, what the price is, and if you'd like to actually buy this card, it'll be available on our website at vintagebreaks.com. If you have any questions, you can always DM us, drop us a message, uh, but we're doing this. We think that it's fun content, and if you want to see a different angle or it done in a different fashion on our show, please message us. We'd love to hear your feedback. All right. Also, uh, vblunchcrew.com. If you hit um, today's cards, you can go to a link of all of today's cards up. Uh, here's the first one. It's the Gil Hodges. Is that a, no, it's a postcard. It is. This is a Dormand Company postcard from the 53 to 55 uh, range. It is graded in SGC and a half. And the reason why I was offering it this week, Chris, is because you know a lot of folks don't realize that Grading companies will actually encapsulate postcards that are mm-hmm. sports related. And I guess to be fair, maybe, you know, uh, from outside the sports realm as well. Um, this in particular was a very popular postcard. I don't know if PSA currently grades them. I know SGC does. This one's graded eight and a half. And we're pricing it at $80 uh, delivered. And for whatever it's worth, I think that's a great deal because the last PSA eights have been selling for about $80 and this is an eight and a half. So if you want to buy a PSA nine, I think it's on eBay for about 150, 175 bucks. Um, this is a nice in between. And so uh, for a hall of famer that has a beautiful image on a color postcard from the fifties, I thought it was a pretty cool thing to offer. I, I really want these to come back. Like uh, I, 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 I wish stadium sold these like, like, like tops made a run of these for stadiums. Uh, I like, I, I like, they exist in now in terms of like box toppers for retro products. Like Ginner sure. will put a box topper in them. I wish they existed in drugstores. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I I would send them. I, you'd get one a month from me. Just the random yeah. players, you know. Uh, you know, here's a uh, even even like football. Here's a Zach Wilson in honor uh, in, in 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 honor of the Jets win. You know. <laughs> Well, from a Hall of Famer here to another, like, as close to a lock for a Hall of Famer as I've ever seen, we have this 2011 finest Mike Trout rookie in a PSA 8. It's, um, like, I actually submitted this. It's not the grade I wanted, but it's the grade I got, so it's the grade I got to live with. <laughs> uh, interesting thing about this, on the PSA website, 
if you're an if you're an animal like me and you sit there and you hit refresh on PSA's website all day because I'm a glutton for punishment and pain, uh, <laughs> you will see just after they hit the graded, you will see that image adjust. And when th that image adjusts, this thing had a nine on it. Then it went to QA and it had an eight. I've QA never seen one. that before, Chris. Oh my god. I, it, it's probably best that you don't, Leighton. <laughs> oh, I mean, to be fair, yeah, I'm, glad I'm not hitting refresh and stuff, but Jesus criminy. If I thought yeah. I had, like, a, I don't know, a mantle coming back in an eight and, and they chain it to a seven, you're yeah. you kidding me? What? You yeah. sent me the wrong card, folks. Yeah, this card had a nine on it, and after QA, uh, the QA grader said, hey, no, this is an eight. So, you Chris, for, for those that are listening, you know, maybe not tuning in live, I'd like you to answer to, for the audience, why would you not crack it out if it was on the cusp of a nine, you, were, you didn't get the grade you wanted? Try to share with the audience what the scoop is on that. Well, I mean, in the case of this card, the squeeze isn't worth the juice. Uh, a nine's going to run you around, what, 250 275 an eight's $150, dollars difference. You may be able to get a nine on it if you submitted it a couple times, but you're looking at a couple months and um, probably two more grading fees for a hundred dollar, hundred dollar, hundred dollar bump. And for me, it's just not, it's just not worth that on this card. Now there are cards I have done that before on, but uh, and, and by the way, that's a lot riskier because you do upcharges every way, every way. The way I do. Uh, bumps in modern is if PSA gives it a lower grade than I think it should get, I'll send it to BGS because BGS doesn't upcharge. And that to me, that's the only up only use case for BGS right now is the fact that they don't upcharge and you can take advantage of that. Interesting. So, you know, for whatever it's worth, Chris, if this was my card, I would have cracked it out. I would have shipped <laughs> it on the slow boat. And I would have hoped for the nine, but you know, realize I do collect trout. It's one of the few guys I collect a little bit of, you know, modern. If I didn't just buy mm -hmm. an extractor of the same card from our community, um, you know, who actually hit it on our show at vintagebreaks.com. By the way, you can tune in uh, and watch us on YouTube seven days a week at youtube.com slash vintage breaks. We're breaking for hours every single day. And it really does run the gamut from 2011 finest baseball to 1977 tops baseball to 1984 Donruss baseball. I mean, you know, lots of fan favorites uh, in between. And to be fair, we just got in a Topps Gilded case. So really, nice. uh, we're all over the board. Um, that's part of the reason why people enjoy tuning in and watching us live. They never know what they're going to see. All right, Chris. Well, if no one buys it, I think I'm going to buy it, crack it out, send it in. I'll keep everyone posted. <laughs> there you go. Actually, this card, that extractor you bought from Josh Pugh, this is the other one he hit in that same break. I bought it from him. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so you bought the X, that nine, dang it. <laughs> and, I, and I bought the, I bought the one that eight. I think we got it graded for him though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we got it graded for him. Yeah. We got, we got the nine graded for him. He chose not to grade the eight. I bought okay. the eight from him and I graded it. Whereas the nine. Okay. Yeah. He just, he sent through. Sure. So the next card back to Vintageville. Is that a, actual town i don't know uh we got oh that's the hodges again it's the wrong file name we're looking for that one is a wonderful t206 of red ames yeah so this one is a hundred dollars delivered it's graded sgc3 definitely looks nicer than a three you know it looks like a, a four-ish with great eye appeal 
But if you flip it over, it's got the polar bear back, which is a little bit more desirable. And in particular, a lot of the polar bear backs, especially at the grade of three, are going to be severely stained. This one in particular has a really clean back. And so if you look at what threes have been selling for with a regular common sweet cap or Piedmont back, they've been selling for 125 to 150. This particular week, I'm offering you an awesome deal at $100 delivered for a card that probably should be selling for 150 to 175 easily on eBay. But I figure I'm saving this, the fees, Thanksgiving and the holidays around the corner. And I wanted to make sure I presented two really good deals on the vintage cards I was offering today on the lunch crew. But more importantly, there's only about eight weeks left in the year. And I want to make sure, sure as heck, that I beat Chris in terms of total cards sold on the lunch crew. <laughs> well, I got you last week. I got you last week. I know. It's a little tougher because I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing modern. You're doing all this like pieces of history, and I'm doing like you know, uh, nineteen year old uh, Dominican shortstop. You know. <laughs> all right. Speaking of prospects, next card is one of the top top power hitting prospects in all of baseball. I thought he was going to get a chance, but the chance this year. But that's not. Well, he did get called up, but he didn't really get a chance to make any noise. This is uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Junior Caminero. This is a uh, slick middle infielder that's also got he, – he's out of that Miguel Tejada mode, that big body shortstop that can still run and fill the position, but can also put up a 9-1 to OPS. You know, the guy's a thumper. Um, the question is, is he going to do it at the big league level? This is the low-end product, a mega box, but it is a PSA 10. Uh, I got that out there as $55. Uh, if uh, Just for comparison, if he comes and lights it up, the uh, Ellie De La Cruz, when he came up and lighted up, went to $200 in this. So there's some room in this. Uh, nice. The only, only reason I'm selling it is because I got a handful of them, and I figure, you know, let somebody else participate, you know? Absolutely. Well, Chris, I appreciate you getting the cards ready and offering them on this week's episode of The Lunch Crew. Tell me about some of the new releases that are coming out this week. Some of them are cool. Uh, I mean, some of them are better than others, just like just like all releases. 2023 Bowman Sterling Baseball is um, going to be great this year. Uh, not only do we have the uh, the first Bowman crew, which was this was a great year for first Bowman. Some of these guys need a little bit of time, like Ethan Salas. Ethan Salas is the youngest player to ever start a spring training game at 16. Um, wow. Well, in the modern era, you know, because Bob Feller kind of bl blew all that out of the water back in the day. Youngest player in the modern era to start a spring training game. And uh, especially at catcher, that's really difficult to do because catcher takes a little bit of maturity that other positions just don't, right? Um, not only does it have the first Bowman class from this year, which is which is stacked, it's also got a really stacked rookie logo class that I think people sleep on a bit if that, if that were possible. Uh, uh, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutzman with the Orioles, uh, two centerpieces of Major League Baseball for the next, you know, ten years. That's what it looks like to me. Like, you know, you can always be wrong about these things, and they can be, they they can always, you know, get hurt or whatever, or just just fizzle out. But you also got Corbin Carroll, Michael Harris, and uh, I'm sure I'm missing some prospects. But there's just so many in this class. No, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fun class to be going after in the product. And, uh, you know, Bowman Sterling is one of those where I like the way that they, you know, present in the five little boxes, mm -hmm. you know, in a master hobby box. And, uh, you know, I mean, I certainly don't know that much about the pricing, but, um, you know, as much as I know that baseball is very popular with the vintage breaks community, 
I myself uh, love basketball. I mean, I like baseball, but tell me about the McDonald's All-American. Is is there going to be hype around Bronny James or no because of his health issues? Or Tell me, Chris, what's going on? Well, I mean, he was, it was a congenital heart failure. And, like, it was really uh, not heart failure, a congenital heart condition. But from what I understand, it's not one that should affect him long term as long as they know it's there. And uh, it can be medicated around, it can be trained around, it can be prepared around. I don't think the heart scare is really going to affect anything Bronny James. Uh, I think the only thing that really affects Bronny James is that last name he has. Uh, like, I don't think anyone's expecting Bronny James to come up and be a number one pick. Like, like he hasn't shown any of that in his career, but... It's still cool that this is LeBron James's son, and LeBron James has been good enough that that the legacy of his son will carry a lot of value in the hobby. And he's got his first autograph coming out in 2023 Tops Chrome All American McDonald's. I, I emphasize the word Chrome because last year they weren't all Chrome. This year they have fixed that mistake, and it is now a Chrome product. So not only do you have first autos of Bronny James, they're on Chrome cardstock with parallels. And to me, this set has one of the coolest parallels in the, in, in the industry because it has that it has a it has a refractor autograph refractor with the borders with that super cool McDonald's golden arch, which is the most. Of course, who doesn't love that? Yeah. yeah, it's the most recognizable corporate symbol probably in American history. I, I, I would challenge you to find one more recognized over the world all, all over the world than the McDonald's Golden Arches. And um, it's just going to make for a cool card and some cool parallels. It's LeBron I show. agree. Well, speaking of basketball in a little bit of a different direction, and it's, I think, releasing on Friday, so I guess our pod will be out tomorrow. Talk to us about Prism Choice Basketball and the difference between that and the Prism, excuse me, Prism Draft Choice Basketball and Prism Draft Hobby Basketball. Explain to the audience what they can be looking for as, as far as the differences between the two products. With Prism Choice ba- uh, Prism Draft Choice Basketball releasing this Friday. Well, the thing about um, the thing about choice is the parallels. If you compare basically a box of Prism Draft. You're gonna have you're gonna have an autograph in a pack. You're gonna have two parallels in a pack. So that's a hobby box with three, six, nine, twelve, twelve parallels in it. The parallels range from you know not great to you know really really freaking good when you're looking at, looking at the color blast and stuff like that. The choice has a bit different format in that you know half the cards are parallels. You know you got eight, eight cards a pack. You got the silver. Every pack's going to have a silver. Then every pack's going to have two choice exclusive parallels. Then you're going to have your autographs. Then you're going to have a um, a chance at like a peacock. I don't know if you've ever seen the peacock parallel. I know you have. Um, the, the, the user. Oh no! These, yeah. I, I'm I'm I, as you said the other day, Chris. The Wemby Chase and Prison Draft Choice Basketball mm-hmm. is going to be. Um, the, the Wemby Peacock card, and that card's not even autographed. Sorry, Chris, Correct. hold on one second. So I sure. want to show off a sure. couple cards in a minute. I don't know how to... Oh, he has to. Uh, Chris has to bring in that window right there. So, Chris, in a minute, when we do the last segment, I want to be able to show off some cards on camera. Just give me a heads up. 
Great, great, great. I I I can make that happen. Great. So so um the Wimby Peacocks they're gonna be beautiful. They're gonna be a huge chase. And you're still gonna have a chance at the other big Wimby. Uh, we hit we hit a numbered Wimby last night, by the way, Layton. We did? Yeah, numbered to two ninety nine. It's not a super, super rare one, but uh, like uh, uh Brett Nimitz, Jarrell's brother, hit it and his box had the had the Wimby red in it, numbered to two ninety nine, and a Wimby. That's awesome. Prism, and a oh, Wimby Prism Silver. To Jason, to Brett, to Brian, to Dennis. Thank you all for joining us on our fourth edition of the Lunch Crew. It's been a lot of fun so far, Chris. I enjoy talking about the new releases with you because I feel like even in just the month we've been doing this, mm-hmm. I am learning a little bit more about the approach to it, and it's fun. It is. It is. Even when it's a product that you look at the sell sheet and you can't tell heads or tails, like like Upper Deck has two products releasing SP Authentic and SP Hockey, and I don't know what the difference is. I look at the sell sheet; it looks like the same product to me. I don't know. Well, you know what we got to do? We got to get Jeremy (laughs) Lee from Sports Card Live, as Mm -hmm. maybe he'll be kind enough to be our first guest on the Lunch Crew. But he runs Sports Card Live every Saturday night, um, and he has a great show. But in particular, he's a hockey guy. And he knows mm-hmm. a lot about hockey. So similar to our show, Chris, you know, I hop on there about 1030 every Saturday night for about a 10 minute, 15 minute segment called the Minute Spotlight. And I love to share my knowledge, but I'd love to soak up what's going on there. And so my point is, let's kind of punt talking about hockey. See if we can get Jeremy to come on to talk right. about this whole Bedard chase uh, and what's going on with the modern card hockey market. Um, Jeremy, you hear us calling? We're coming for you. Yeah, we can get Jeremy Lee to talk about the market and our GTS rep Carbon Carbon Chung to talk about the legacy and the history of SPL. Yeah, no, we we talked yeah. to Carbon. He's over at GTS, so yeah, no, Carbon's great. Yeah. Um. All right, Chris. So we're gonna wrap up the show today with I think something that's interesting. I want to show off some cards, so I appreciate you giving me the ability to do that. Yeah. Um. This this is all about leveling and trading up, and you know, listen. It might have been a little bit different, of course, when we were kids. I'd like to think we're big kids now, Chris, but we're certainly not, you know, Crosby's age, who's eight. That's my son. So we have a lot of amazing members of our Vintage Breaks community, of the Just Collect community. And depending on where you are in those, you know, that journey, if you will, you might be buying into breaks, you might be completing sets, you might be liquidating everything. You could be buying everything and not selling anything, right? And anything and everything in between. And so really good buddy from our community, uh, Jim, uh, who actually owns Corner Records, the sweatshirt I'm wearing today. Um, Jim, because of a really cool set break that we had a few months back at this point, it was a 1933 Gaudi set break. And for those listening to the show that aren't that familiar with the 1933 Gaudi set, it's 90 years old. It's iconic in baseball card collecting history. It's probably one of the top three sets of all time, along with the T206 and the 1952 top set. And Jim participated in our 1933 Gaudi set break. For those that don't quite understand what a set break is, in the 1933 Gaudi set, there's 239 cards. We gave away every one of those cards, one buy-in, i.e. one slot equaled one card that you would get. It was all done at random. We did not do it until the entire set was sold out. And Jim in particular got a Babe Ruth. I think he got a Lou Gehrig uh, from that, amongst Hmm. other 1933 Gowdy cards. And so Jim decided to just jump into the deep end of the pool, which we've all done before when it's really cold. In this case, he had Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig to keep him warm. 
And so Jim is going after the entire 1933 Gowdy set. So Jim reaches out and he's like, hey, late. You've got a few Hall of Famers in your eBay store I'm interested in. 33 Gowdy, Rabbit Ranville, PSA 4. Excuse me, I think Jesse Haynes was in the store. This came in from a new collection. And Jim is always sending me his update. So Jesse Haynes, the Hall of Famer, he only has one card in the 33 Gowdy set. Billy Herman has two cards. Uh, this is a PSA 2. This was in our eBay store, I believe. So let's be real, gang. It's bordering it's november 1st it's bordering on the holiday season it's thanksgiving it's christmas it's hanukkah it's kwanzaa or it's just vacation because you've worked your butt off all year and as much as i know that jim loves his cards we know that jim or any of us watching or listening to the show does not have an unlimited budget so jim decided to cash in some of those chips if you will and i'm laughing because he didn't have to cash in anything he just texted me he said hey late would you consider trading? And I said, sure. Let's see if we can get something done because this is going to be, and, and you know, roughly speaking, this might have been 800 or 1,000 bucks of, you know, Hall of Famers that he needed for his Gowdy set. Well, if Jim can take cards from his collection that don't have a place anymore in it, he doesn't need it anymore, maybe he was going to sell them. Keep in mind, gang, if you have $1,000 of cards that are all under, you know, $100 each or $200 each, that's like, a, you know, you're going to consign it to any of the big boys on eBay. That's 15, 18, 20% you're going to lose. Jim knows that. So in order for Jim to buy these cards for cash, let's just say this is assuming Jim has $0, which we know that's not the case, but Jim likes cards a lot. And by the way, if you can't tell, replace Jim's name with your own. I like cards a lot. <laughs> Chris likes cards a lot. Chef likes cards a lot. And the point is, if you're consuming this content, you probably like cards. So this point or this last bit on today's show is all about leveling up and trading up of being kind to your neighbor, being kind to your community. I took my son to a random, uh, when I say random, my friends lived in this development, but it was a random party to us because we didn't really know anyone else. And they welcomed us like we were their own. They fed, they fed us. They gave us candy. Um, there was Kool-Aid, like Ector that was, you know slime color for Halloween. <laughs> and the point is, is that as I told Jim, did I want to sell the cards for cash? Sure. I would have preferred to do that. But thankfully I was in a position that I could trade them. And all I asked Jim was, Hey, choose some cards, you know, I'd be interested in. So I thought it'd be cool before I ship Jim, his cards, Chris, I wanted to show off the actual trade on the lunch crew today. Great. So here's the three cards I traded to Jim. This stack is the is the group that Jim traded to me. And by the way, a little footnote, I don't know if Jim gave me too much. We're going to figure that out if he did. We're going to give him the difference in break credit to vintage breaks. But I wanted to show you, Jim literally took cards that he, oh. I wouldn't say had laying around, but cards maybe he had slabbed himself, cards he's into for the right amount, cards that no longer have a place in his collection, was mm -hmm. able to roll that into saving himself $800, $900, $1,000 and put that right into three Gowdies that will now knock them off his list. We just gave away cash, one of those so Hopefully you can have some extra dollars for the holiday season. Yeah. We we just gave away one of those Nat Lajway uh, play balls the other, like a week ago. So. But you can Matt. see these are all really good names. Nothing's above 200 bucks. Rizzuto. Eddie Matthews. Larry Doby. Dope. 
the scooter. Can't go wrong with Clemente. I mean, for a one and a half, I don't know. Uh -huh. That's pretty funky, right? For a one and a half? Yeah. Looks yeah. nice to me. Jalen Hurts, because like he sent me the list. And I was like, oh, I'll take a Hurts rookie, because I know someone in Philly that will appreciate it. Sure. Living in Hoboken, you know? Yeah. yeah. Monty Irvin. Monty Irvin. And lastly, 57 tops, Elson Howard, PSU 6. This is the point. This holiday season, if you can help a fellow collector who also happens to be a friend, a buddy, a member of your collecting community, try to do that. It'll come back to you in spades, I have no doubt. And with that, we are going to sign off. Thank you for joining us for our fourth episode of The Lunch Crew. <laughs>